Hey there, everyone. We are about to dig into our promise for the week. Listen, 2021, we have been focusing on God's promises. No distractions. We're not looking around. We're not looking at anything else or anyone else. Man, our eyes are on Jesus. We are focused on God's promises because they are, just as my hoodie says, yes and a man. Listen, we have been walking every single week through the promises of God. We started off uh, with 2 Corinthians 1, which was all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen, right? So we walked through that, and then we stepped into looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith in Hebrews chapter 12. Then we stepped into Psalm 91, man, living under the shadow of the Almighty, what an awesome promise from the Word of God. Last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that we would have grace for every good work, that the grace of God, when we give ourselves first to the Lord, then the grace of God abounds in everything that we do. And the promises of God are fulfilled through us. And so that brings us to this week. Our promise this week is found in the book of Philippians. And I don't know about you, but that's just that just is a cool thing to say. Come on, say it with me. Philippians, right? Come on, put your own accent to it. If you're Southern, come on, do it. Put your own accent to it. Philippians, all right? So go to the book of, a, go to the book of Philippians, and in this letter, here's what we're going to find out. In this letter, Paul writes, now I've talked to you about this before, but we can get some insight on Paul's letters, and we get insight through little clues that he leaves, and one of the things that he does in his writing is that when he introduces himself to them in the letters. At the very beginning of a letter, when he introduces himself, we get a little bit of a clue of what that letter is going to look like. Some things that are going to be in that letter. And in this letter to the, to, the, to the believers in Philippi, in this book that we call Philippians, in this letter, he writes as a bondservant of Jesus. He's like Paul and Timothy, bondservants. It's not Paul an apostle. It's Paul, a bondservant of Jesus. And that kind of dictates now how he's coming to them. And so unlike some of the letters, maybe in Corinthians, when he was bringing correction and maybe there were some issues going on or they were in crisis, Philippians, he's not writing because there's a crisis. He is writing because he loves them. He is writing to tell them how much he loves them. He's writing to remind them to keep their focus on Jesus. He's pointing everything to Jesus, and he's also celebrating their love for Jesus. So that's kind of the, the backstory. Now, we find our prom promise in chapter 4 of Philippians, and here's the context. Two key leaders— now listen, when we read the word of God and we look at it in context, here's what we'll find out. Everyday, ordinary, normal people going through life, life is hitting them, things are happening, situations are happening, the relationships are happening, all those things are happening, and God is speaking in the middle of all that. Sound familiar? That's called our life. That's our life following Jesus. Life just happens. Relationships happen. There are things that we have to deal with and walk through as we go through this thing called life and as we go through this thing called a relationship with God. So here's the context. Two key leaders, two women, Euodia and Sintich are disagreeing. They are in a, a disagreement with one another. You ever been in a disagreement with somebody? Well, of course you have. 
Sometimes it was because they were wrong. Sometimes it was because you were wrong. Sometimes it was because nobody was wrong. It was just a misunderstanding. But how many of you know in the midst of disagreements, the enemy can come in and he can begin to bring division and then he can get your eyes off of what's important. Get your eyes off who is important and begin to get your eyes on the issue or on the mischaracterization of the person. And we begin to see people as their issue because either we're hurt or we're offended or whatever it may be. So the context is these two key leaders are disagreeing and Paul is urging other leaders to come alongside them and to help them reconcile, to, to help them bring focus. He's, he's also calling the believers, all the believers together in Philippi to come together to help these two bring focus. And he gives an amazing promise from God for all of them and for us today. Now, let's take a look at it. Philippians chapter uh, four, verse six and seven. And it begins with terminology that we know very, very well in 2021. Be anxious, right? Philippians four, six, be anxious. Now, if you were to stop right then, that could have been the call sign for 2020. Be anxious. That's kind of all we were hearing is be anxious, be anxious. This is coming down the pike. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to do this. This loss is going to happen. This is going to be closed. This is going to happen. You might not have this. It was like if there was like a, a tagline for 2020, maybe it was like be anxious. That's kind of all the noise and the voices we were hearing. But I'm thankful that the word of God does not stop. Be anxious for nothing. Listen, how about we make that the tagline for 2021? Be anxious for nothing. Well, Scott, that, that doesn't sound possible. It is possible, okay? Let's keep reading. Be anxious for nothing. Now, this is not the promise. This is encouragement to them. Listen, do not be anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, no matter the situation, mountaintop, having a great day. Valley, not having such a good day. Mountaintop, best day of my life. Valley, worst day of my life. In everything by prayer and supplication, right? We're coming to God with prayer. We're coming with supplication, which means we're making our requests known. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, in everything. Another verse in scripture says, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. That's hard, y'all, right? It's hard. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You want to be in the perfect will of God? Give thanks. It's the will of God. So Paul is saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now here comes our promise of the week, verse seven. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So Paul says, be anxious for nothing. These two women are in a disagreement. Man, there's stuff going on. It's just 
Uh, it's, it's a pretty weird time. And so he's saying, look, leaders come, help them reconcile, get this thing back on track, get your focus back on Jesus. And here is why you need to get your focus on Jesus. Because in him, you don't have to be anxious for anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication. Make your request known to God. He wants to hear those things. Make your request known to God. Man, I'm God, I'm coming to you. I'm trying not to let anxiety and fear overtake me. I'm just gonna come to you. And man, it may be inconvenient for me, but this says in everything, man, Lord, I may be having a great day and maybe I could just sail through this day and it'd be fine. But hey, I'm gonna take a pause right now and I'm gonna give you praise. I'm gonna give you thanksgiving today. I'm gonna bring a request to you. I'm gonna make it known to you. I'm gonna pray. And because I'm having a good day, I'm not taking that day off. Because I'm having a bad day, I'm not going to be 24-7 just asking you for all these things. I'm going to come and just talk to you and spend time with you and give you a thanks. Just give you a thanks in the middle of my need. Not when I'm getting what I want, but when I don't have what I want, I'm going to give you thanks. And Paul is saying in the midst of all this, and when you do these things, here's the promise. The peace of God, which you can't even, you can't even imagine, it's going to surpass what you can actually think. Again, back to our promise last week, grace to abound, take us beyond our natural ability. Here it says the peace of God will go beyond the natural. It's not world peace. It's a peace that the world can't give us that in the midst of whatever situation we can be at total contentment in total peace with God and have the peace of God, right? And he says, that now, because you have the peace of God, what's gonna happen? Your heart is guarded and your mind is protected in Jesus. I don't know about you, but I think in 2021, we need our hearts guarded. We need our minds guarded. Man, there's so many thoughts, so many things going on. And then all of a sudden, boom, it gets in our hearts and now our hearts begin to hurt. And now we're brokenhearted. And now the issues of life begin to spring out of that broken heart. And now guess what? Every conversation we have is about our bitterness or our unforgiveness or our hurt or our pain or our betrayal. Now, all of a sudden, all of our discussions are built around how we don't like this person and this person did this. And now we begin to see people as their issue rather than how God sees them. And now we begin to elevate ourselves. Listen to me. We begin to elevate ourselves above everybody else. And now our sin is super, super small because it's not like that person. And the only reason why we say that is because we have been hurt by that person. We're not thinking about the people that have been hurt by us. See, that's why it's so important for our hearts to be guarded and our minds to be guarded. Listen, being anxious creates a narrow, constricted view. Anxiety has a way of bringing this narrow, constricted view and you can't see the expanse of the big picture. It becomes easy to focus on the issues, hear me, real or imagined. Have you ever gotten anxious about something or fearful about something and started making decisions? And in that, all of a sudden, your relationships start getting weird and everything starts getting weird. And here's what you find out at the end of all of it. What you thought was happening wasn't actually happening. Well, what does that mean? That means your anxiety and your fear created a scenario that wasn't even real. And now you begin to make decisions based off something that wasn't real. And now everything, there's no peace in anything. Why? Because it's not even real. It's almost like when you get in a fight with somebody and later on you say something like, man, what were we fighting about? 
Like you don't even remember what it was about. Why? Because anxiety took over, fear took over, hurt took over, betrayal took over. Whatever issue it was, it took over and now your lens is skewed in a way that's not even real. And Paul is trying to get them to instead focus on a God, not on an issue, but on a God so big that everything else, even their worst issue, shrinks into insignificance. Paul is refocusing them off of their issue and on a God who's bigger than their issue. Come on, right? Give me some likes and loves on that, right? Come on. I mean, not focusing on the issue. That's, that's all we heard in 2020. Listen, we need to talk about the issues. We need to focus on the issue. We need to focus on Jesus. And then what's going to end up happening? The issues are going to change. And what happens in the discussions when we do discuss issues, it's going to change now because now, because we're focused on Jesus, the end game is healing, not getting my way. Not getting my party platform, Right? Not getting, I'm, I'm going to walk away from this saying, I won this fight. I won this argument. How many arguments you ever been in where you realized in the middle of it, your only objective was you winning the argument, not healing? You said, no way, Scott. Have you ever been there when you just had to get the last word? Even if it was just a sound. Sometimes we don't even need the last word. We just need the last sound. Hmm. Boom, we're out. At least I got that in, right? What was that about? It was about me winning, feeling like I had won. Listen, arguing, divisiveness, all of those things, bitterness, forget that's not winning. That's losing. <laughs> that's putting yourself under not the shadow of the Almighty, but under the shadow of issues of life. But when we put ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty, we're not thinking about winning anything. The battle's already been won. Jesus has already won the victory. Now we're running a race that's already been won. We just got to keep moving. We got to keep walking this thing out. And Paul is saying, look, stop looking at the issue and look at God that's bigger than everything else. God's promises are more than just getting through tough times. He promises peace beyond imagination in the tough time. Listen, we have a blood-bought right to walk in shalom, peace. That's another awesome word to say, shalom. Come on, just say it, shalom. Some of you put a little Hebrew accent in that. I heard that, shalom, right? Shalom, peace. That means you're free. Why? Because of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in us. Anxiety, worrying drops your guard, but peace raises that guard up and guards your heart, and guards your mind. Listen, that's a promise. Peace is your weapon. Peace is your weapon against the issues of life. Guess what your weapon is? Peace. Romans 16, 20, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Peace, crushing Satan. Peace of God, defeat for the kingdom of darkness. Peace of God, every fiery dart of the enemy coming your way has to fall. The peace of God destroys the work of the enemy. Listen, this peace is active. It is protecting 24-7. No matter what your alarm system is, it, you may think you're protected 24-7, but you're not. But in the Holy Ghost, you are protected 24-7. He guards your heart and your mind. It's amazing how focused we are and how we thrive when we're at peace. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Listen, you've got something to offer God. 
I don't know that I got anything to offer God. You do, yourself. We found that out last week. Yourself, like that's what he wants. You. He offers grace to exceed your ability and supernatural grace for every every good work so you can walk in peace. But all the devil has to offer you is a lie. Jesus said he's the father of lies. Even if it sounds good, it's still a lie. Even if it looks good, it's still a lie. If it comes from the enemy, it's a lie. But if it comes from Jesus, listen, Jesus is wonderful. I don't know why I wrote that word, but he does wonderful things. His love is wonderful, limitless. He is unusually good, (laughs) unusually good, altogether different, extraordinary. Jesus is wonderful even when we are not wonderful and even when life is not wonderful, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is the giver of wonderful things. One of the most powerful, wonderful promises is peace. In the Hebrew, it is shalom. What does that mean? Completeness wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing, no partiality. It is whole. Peace has come in the person of Jesus. Listen, I'm going to give you some things real quick. And I didn't try to get all alliter- uh, you know, alliteration and all that, make sure all these things rhyme. And it, it has this awesome, like, you know, literary, you know, flow to it. I'm just going to give you some words and phrases about the peace of God, what it brings, what it offers to us, okay? So when I say these, then go ahead and say it. Just go ahead and say it. Even if the moderator puts it in there and says it, you go ahead, type it in because you're saying it, okay? Number one, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Listen, the peace of God is is all about this reconciliation. Ephesians 2 says, for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. He is our peace who has made both one has broken down the middle wall of separation, abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. He's like broken down all the barriers and we can have peace. Reconciliation with God through Jesus. That is peace. Then we talk about peace. It's like reconciliation and then faith. Romans 5 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Justified by faith, now I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse was a game changer for a monk by the name of Martin Luther. Luther was full of self-doubt and guilt and anxiety and worry. He did everything to appease his anguished soul, even climbing the 28 stairs of Scala Sancta to go to confession every single day. He wanted to climb the 28 stairs. This is my commitment to the Lord. This is my He vigils, fasts, penance, but he kept feeling empty and he even felt cursed. Why did he feel so rotten in spite of all the efforts to please God? Why was his soul at war if seemingly he was supposed to have peace with God? Sitting alone in his study at Wittenberg, he saw this verse from Romans and he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't contain himself. He couldn't keep it to himself. And all of a sudden he realized my faith offers me peace with Jesus. My faith. I'm justified by faith and now I can have peace with God and the peace of God. Listen, there are many theologians who 
who have written many amazing books about Martin Luther, but here's what I get out of all of it. He realized that being justified by faith would not only give him peace with God, but would give him the peace of God. Listen, before this moment, most of the writings that you, that you read about Luther, he didn't have peace. He didn't have the peace of God. He was miserable. He was empty, even feeling like he was cursed. And yet in this moment, this divine revelation, and we know from that moment on, it began, the dominoes began to fall. And now all of a sudden, this, this whole thing is opened up to these believers. The peace, that faith and peace. Here's another word to think about, and it was in our promise, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Colossians says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, okay, and be thankful. Thanksgiving, listen, having a grateful heart, having a thankful heart, I'm telling you, will break strongholds. Man, it will break generational things off of your life to be grateful. Because listen, when you start to pray for somebody or something and you start to give thanks for them, man, it's hard to hate them. When you begin to give thanks for even the tough situations you're walking through, then it's hard to get mad at God when you've got to walk through something tough because you're grateful. Let me tell you something else about peace. It's a gift. John 14, 27, so familiar. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as a world. Don't worry, don't be upset, don't be afraid. Peace I leave with you. The resurrected Jesus comes to the disciples, they're confused, they don't know what's going on. They don't have a clue what's gonna happen in their lives. And he seemingly comes through a wall and appears to them. And the first thing he says to them is peace. What's he say the second time? Peace. What's he say the third time? Peace. What does Paul say in most all of his letters in the greeting and at the end? Grace to you and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Listen, it is a gift. The peace of God is a gift. It is also calm in the storm. Mark 4. Man, everything's getting turned upside down and Jesus commands the wind. He commands the storm. Peace be still. Here's another great word, hope. Romans 15, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and what? Peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And speaking of him, there's another good word about peace, the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is Galatians. Galatians says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and what? Peace. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you need to feed and encourage the work of the Holy Spirit in you. A deep work. If you will take your next step to go deeper in the river, in the waters of the Holy Spirit, peace will follow you. And listen, here's just the last bit for you. It's not just peace that we're promised, but we're promised perfect peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. Now let's look at our promise again for the week. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That word surpasses, that means to hold above, power to be in control of what is under you, positioned at a higher level, taking authority over. Man, how do we do that? Well, we learned in another promise that when you're under the shadow of the Almighty, what begins to happen? We mount up with wings, right? And what happens? We begin to elevate ourselves above what? The issues, the circumstances. We begin to elevate our thinking. Our vision is elevated. Now we're not caught in the midst of this constricted view by our anxiety, but now we have this expansive view of a huge, massive God, the supreme being, the almighty, the most high, Yahweh. Not the issue, but the God over the issue. And he is the God that overshadows the issue. But we allow the issue to overshadow the little G God that we have made him into. Surpasses, elevates you. Beyond my understanding, what is that? That's thinking, perceptions, reasoning, resolve, opinion. Man, we got so many opinions in the day we live in, nobody knows what truth is. Never state your opinion as absolute because it's not absolute, it's your opinion. Find your absolutes in the word of God. And if you give your opinion to somebody, please, 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 I beg you in Jesus' name, let them know it's your opinion. Don't be an echo. Be a voice, please. Don't be an echo chamber of 140-something characters because it, it, it agrees with, with your opinion. All of a sudden, you need to shoot it out and be an echo of whatever it was. You be a voice. And be a voice that speaks, a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness, pointing people to peace that they can find in Jesus. And he said he would guard our hearts and our minds. That means keep watch over. That actually means a garrison, a sentinel, security. And I finish with this. Check this out. This is a quote from an 85-year-old woman. If you live to be 75 years old, you will live over 657,000 hours. That's almost two-thirds of a million hours that you're going to live. That's too much to be anxious all the time. So don't worry. That's the advice. Worry is like a rocking chair. Sometimes it is something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So don't worry. And here's how she finishes this. It doesn't mean you won't have any troubles. It just means you will have far less imaginary ones and perfect peace in the real ones. <laughs> what? It doesn't mean you won't have any troubles. It just means you will have far less imaginary ones because you're not worrying and perfect peace in the real issues. So we're going to read it again, all right? We're going to read it again. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That's our promise this week. But you guys know me. I'm all about context, right? So let's speak 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
not necessarily my opinion, but whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things and the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me. Man, I, I am quoting this from Paul today. What you have heard me say today, right? Received and heard and saw in me, these do. Don't just hear it today. Do it. Be anxious for nothing. Do it. Make your request known. Do it. Prayer, supplication. Do it. And now rest in the peace of God because he says in verse nine, he says, and the God of peace will be with you. Peace beyond imagination guarding your heart and your mind, protecting you 24-7. Wow. That means when you're asleep, man, I may only get two, three hours of sleep tonight. Doesn't matter. I got the peace of God. Feels like I got 10. Man, I'm going to sleep. Man, I've had bad dreams lately. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Whoa, 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 wait a second. Be anxious for nothing. God, I don't want to be anxious. I'm coming to you with prayer, supplication. I'm making my request known to you. Okay. So now I'm going to rest. Why? Because the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, is guarding my heart and my mind while I sleep 24-7. Do you want that kind of peace? I do. I want that kind of peace every single day. God offers it. But I, just like Paul said to the Philippians, I have to do something. And where I start, be anxious for nothing. I was anxious today when I got here. I was anxious. Didn't know why I was anxious. Pretty odd that I would begin by be anxious for nothing. And I was anxious. And I got here and I was super focused and we were about to film something else and I was just lasered in. And when I get lasered in, sometimes people think that I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm just straight up focused. And I was feeling that. Didn't know why. But now, these minutes later, I know why. Because the enemy hates this message. He doesn't want you to have peace. He wants you to be filled with anxiety, fear, doubt. You know what we say to that? Devil, you're a liar. Jesus is wonderful. And the promises of God are yes and amen in him. I'm going to be anxious for nothing today. And the peace of God is going to guard my heart and my mind. In Jesus' name. So that's my prayer for you today. Listen, we're about to worship our way out of this broadcast or into something else or into our day or into our next step. But we're going to end this thing with worship and giving thanksgiving to the Lord and being thankful just like our promise today talked about coming to Him and being thankful and the peace of God. And I believe that as you're worshiping, you're going to sense a peace come over you that is indescribable in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship together. Bless you guys. Love you.